Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I'm a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Y'all, two words, almond cow. If you haven't heard of it, where have you been? It's all over Instagram. It is the at-home nut milk maker that literally you press a button, easy cleanup. It takes two minutes and you have your own homemade nut milk. You can literally put any nut you want in there. It will just blend it right up. And there's no added ingredients, obviously, because you make it yourself. We are obsessed with ours. We use it every single day. And if you want one, you can use my code. There's an affiliate link in our show notes, or you can go to Almond Cow's website and then use Danielle15 at checkout. That's Danielle15. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to On The Daily. My name is Danielle. Happy Tuesday or whenever you're hearing this. This episode today is with one of my best friends, Miss Tina Jackson, Tina J. Tina is a fitness, like I think a fitness guru. She is the kindest, generous, most genuine human being you will ever meet. She is a healer. She is on a wellness journey to becoming this beautiful wellness curator And the best part about all of that is she's doing this as a strong Black woman. In this interview, we talk a lot about how the wellness space has long been dominated by white voices and white faces and her goals to kind of bring this to Black communities and underserved communities and BIPOC communities is really, really special. And I'm just so grateful that we had this conversation. Tina's a dancer, one of the most gorgeous dancers I've ever seen. She danced for so many people, but one of the big ones we talk about in this interview is when she got to do Beyonce Coachella. And we all know that performance was out of the park amazing. And so she kind of spills that experience a little bit. But there's so much we talk about. She's just so special to me. And I know you're going to love this interview. If you are just joining on the daily, Welcome. Welcome to the family. I'm so glad you're here. We have lots of episodes. Okay, we're a few months old now. And every episode is its own it stands alone. Nothing's in sequential order. So you can literally pick one and then dive in. So go back. Listen to them. Let us know what you think. You can always slide into my DMs. I am Danielle underscore on the daily on Instagram. And you can find the podcast at on the daily pod. Let us know what you're loving. Tell us what you think of these episodes of this episode. If you are here because of Tina, welcome. I'm so excited. Let's do this. Hello on the Daily Family. It is Danielle McCleary, your host. I am so pumped. Hi, Tina J. Hello, Danielle. How are you? Dude, I'm so good. Well, I'm like, okay, I'm like healing. I'm, I'm in it, but it's so good to see your face. I know. I mean, also thinking about you and sweet Maggie. Rest her, Maggie. My little, I love you, baby. My little love bug. She, uh, yeah. It's it was wild. It was like the day after my dad passed. She started to limp. Oh my! No way. Yeah. Wow. But she lived twelve. You said twelve and a half years. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. How's Alpha? Alpha is really digging the East Coast. You know, like it pretty much snows every week. And he is down for the cause. So he is just, he's loving it. You know, he gets, he has grandparents now. So that his love has amplified and he has a, we have another dog my house dog that we grew up with so they have a little odd romance oh, going I love on. that I love that with um his name is Maxie he's a Yorkie but Maxie is 13 so they have a very interesting relationship you know they're both fire signs Alpha yeah. is a Sagittarius and Maxie is an Aries so it's a very lot. interesting squad in here yeah. Yeah. My Maggie was like, that's like Maggie and Skye. Like Skye's pretty much like the younger husky and Maggie was the old grandma and Maggie is a, was a Leo and Skye is a Gemini. So it's like, it was, it was, I mean, they were fine, but yeah. Maggie, Maggie just had no problem being like, I need you to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's how Maxie is with Alpha. He's just like, please calm down. Mm-hmm. chill out and mm-hmm. relax yeah so, she's like i want to play i want to play i want to play i know it's the best okay so i you're gonna love this i start every episode with a clearing so anything that is you need to clear either like personally globally like whatever it is that you need to clear in this moment we will both give one but i would love for you to go first since you are my guest i just want to clear this just the the insanity of what is really going on to the people in Texas. Like it just really is blowing my mind, you know, because we're just in the state of a global pandemic. We're, we're doing our best to conform and to get used to it. And then you have this not literally a natural disaster that their government knew about, they knew it was coming. They didn't prep them. I have a close friend down there. I have sorority sisters that are down there. Um, some with heat, some with not heat, some with water, some without water. And it's just, it's just really insane. You know, it's, and I think it just continues to add to this bigger picture and this bigger conversation of like, we are not okay. Like we, we just, we, we just really aren't, you know? And I feel like there's always this push of like, let's just kumbaya and we're going to be okay. And I'm like, no, this is legit Houston. We have a problem and, and, and we've had a problem for a long time, you know? So it's just this, for me, I just want to clear the fact that we all need to just responsibly and collectively uncover and reveal what the truth is of America as uncomfortable and as painful as it is because we just we can't afford band-aids you know anymore we we have to just we really have to force what that is and and that's going to require us to continue to be uncomfortable and that's just what it is and it sucks yeah (laughs) I mean I'm actually really glad that you cleared that because obviously like we're recording this in February your episode is not airing in February. So like, who knows by the time people are hearing this, like what is actually going on in Texas. But I'm so glad that you did clear that because I've been kind of like, yeah, I've been feeling the same thing. And I, you know, obviously Chris is down there, like my best friend. And so his hearing his experiences are, 
he, him and Brad are very lucky, but I also, I think my clearing is just, I was, I'm like hesitant to be doing like work like this when something like that is going on. But I just, I also clear like you and I can have this conversation and hopefully like if somebody isn't paying attention, like after this interview, they will be so that, that I guess you just like confirmed for me that like, this is exactly what I should be doing right now. So thank you for that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I agree. Yeah. So Tina, Tina J, obviously, and to anybody listening, this girl and I have known each other for a very long time, better part of a decade. When I met Tina, she had just moved to LA from the East Coast. She was you know, on her path to becoming this like amazing professional dancer. She and I both worked front desk at SoulCycle in West Hollywood. And every day she would show up with like McDonald's hash browns. And like, I used to just look at her and be like, how does a girl who eats like that (laughs) look like she does? I have a lot of questions. Literally. Also, I just finished a mason jar of celery juice. So growth, progress and holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) So like, okay, so let's start there. You have had, I think, and this is like as your friend and somebody that's just been watching your journey, you've had quite the evolution over the last like eight, seven years of your life. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about that journey. Like what was the pivotal shift to like who you were when like I met you to who you are now? Like what, like, then you don't need, I mean, obviously like that's a very long, like that, that we could go like into that for hours, but just like a little bit of like, who was Tina J? What has Tina J gone through and who is Tina J now? Okay, so yeah, I I arrived in in LA and and everything was awesome. You know, I just had this really young spirit and this really open heart to just explore. And also, you know, at the time, I truly was on a mission to dance with Beyonce, and so there was really nothing getting in my way at that point. You know, I just dropped everything in New York because I love living in New York to pursue this, to this, this dream. And so I knew that I wasn't going to stop until I had fulfilled that. And, you know, I think with being open in that landscape, LA also gave me the opportunity to slow down, you know, um, living in New York for the two years prior to that, and just being on the East coast, life moves so much quicker. I felt personally in LA and I like almost felt like when I got there, I was in the wonder years. It was just kind of like, everybody was so laid back and things didn't open until 11 o'clock and everyone does brunch and everyone goes to the gym. It was just such a different landscape, you know? And I think I look back on it now and I'm like, I sometimes I don't give myself enough credit to think like, you just literally went to the other side of the planet. Like, and you have with no, you know, really with no game plan, just like a suitcase and just like this heart of optimism and, and hope, you know, and that was enough for me. That, that, that really was enough for me. And then of course my faith and my spirituality, I just was like, there's nothing that can stop me and I'll deal with it, you know, as I, as I go along the way. And so I think that 
I mean, as the days went by, um, I was like, wait a minute, this, this is actually going to be much harder, you know, than I expect it to be because it just wasn't moving so fast paced. Like what I was used to, I was really confronted with, with my thoughts and my feelings and so many more questions than came into, to my body of, do I belong here? Should I be doing this? I, I don't know if I even fit in. And so I think it's really wellness, you know, wellness is, is what kept me there and, and really guided me, guided me through. And, and I don't think I ever expected to have a career in wellness because that's just not what I went to LA for. And I think that that was really the gift that was waiting there for me. And obviously, you know, wellness is a huge part of my, uh, my, my life now. And, and, and I believe that the trajectory and, and the rest of my life is going to be in, in wellness. That's amazing. Like, what do you like, what kind of wellness, like, where do you see it like going? You know, it's really interesting because I love variety. I love variety and I'm an explorer at heart. So I'm never really settled in, in one thing, you know, like I have a past, um, with at soul cycle working in that wellness space. Also have a past with working in the Kinergy space and have kind of just dibbled and dabbled everywhere. I'm a, a huge Yogi. And I think that I kind of, I don't know if this, I'm sure this title exists somewhere, but I think that my future is going to be more so like a wellness curator. Like I really like to be in spaces. I want to basically like be the Barnum and Bailey wellness circus, <laughs> like in a sense, like, you know, like, you know, you can pop up this tent and we have all these amazing things here, you know, for you, because the other thing is, you know, is what I'm noticing is, you know, our, what's so beautiful ab about us as human beings is that there is not one blueprint that is the same. We all are so innately and beautifully and divinely different. Yes, there are a lot of things we share, but we, at the, at the end of the day, we are all, we all just have a different foundation. And so it's, I don't think it's okay for us to just spoon feed one type of wellness track and say this cures all yoga cures all yogi steaming cures all breath work cures all you know it's it's very infinite the possibilities of what wellness can look like for different people so you know and i obviously i love community and i want to be in spaces and create spaces where i can connect with so many different people i think that's something that i loved about soul cycle you know it's like you have such a vast array of people who come, you know, people who are even like, I never thought I would be on a bike. I hate bikes, but I'm here, you know? And so it's, it's really hard. That's where, where I'm at in my life right now, because it's like, if I go here to this one community, then I'm only here in this one community. And, and I am a person who just really likes to mingle, you know? So I'm like, what if I just, you know, find or create a space where I can mingle with all the wellnesses stuff and bring all types of people together. I think, and that's another thing that's really important to me moving forward is, is fully creating transparent and inclusive places. I think everyone wants to say that, but I don't necessarily always feel that. 
And so that's something I'm passionate about too, is, you know, like really looking out into a space and really seeing a collective, a rainbow of, of people. I love that. I have like a, I'm sure I've, I've said this, like I got this motto in life and it's from my friend Britt Barron. And she always says like, look around as your, at your life as like a big dinner party. And if you close your eyes and you see who's there, like focus on who's not there. And then how do we get as many voices to the table as possible? And that's kind of like this mission. I think like when I wanted to create this podcast, like that was the mission with this podcast is like create a space in a community where truly every voice was welcome and celebrated and elevated, you know? And so I really, I really appreciate that you say that because I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people want to create inclusive environments, but, and maybe it's just that like, you know, it's easier said than done in a lot of instances. And a lot of people like have the dream, but they don't know how to do it. And so I really, I like that you just like kind of cracked that open because it's true. I mean, as we move forward, I think, especially in this like post COVID era that we're going to enter into, like connection is going to be everything, right? Yeah, it is, you know, and, and that's, I think where we are for me in this time and space is that like, this is like the melting pot of healing and uncomfortability because like you're saying, like, I think that everyone, honestly, when people say, you know, we, we are an inclusive space and whatnot, I do believe that the, the intention is there. I I don't think you would say it if you didn't mean it. However, then it's like, well, what is the next step, you know? And then the next step is then saying, you know, it's like, you can't just be like, everyone is invited, you know what I mean? Like, and not actually go out into the community and say like, you're invited, we see you, or we want to collaborate with this person from this community because we see you, you know what I mean? And you have to now start to dig in and do the work that just has been not done, you know, for so many years. And, and I feel, you know, just kind of in my spirit, you know, that we, we are the people of this time to do that, you know, because it's like, if we don't do it now, like this is, this is such a window of opportunity for us to do it that, you know, it it would really behoove us, I think, to, to really, to hop in and just, you know, like they say, get dirty. Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is, this might be a sweeping generalization, but it's definitely one that I felt like the wellness space in general has long been um, a very white dominated space. Right. So, and obviously you are like, I tell you this all the time, you are like the strongest, fiercest, one of the like strongest, fiercest black women I've ever met. And I think I want to speak for it. I can speak for being a white woman in this space, a white woman who grew up in Los Angeles. So grew up around a lot of diversity. And I do consider myself a really good ally of the black community and the brown communities. But even I am like, what can like, what can we do better? So as a black woman trying to create this like beautiful, be a curator of wellness, like the Barnum and Bailey of the wellness space, like what do we do? Where do we go from here? How do we make this? uh, I mean, you say like go out into these communities and collaborate, but I would just love like ideas and just, you know, any innovations that you've thought of that like this can like truly become the reality. And this space of wellness doesn't have to just be dominated by white people who invite every once in a while, invite like black voices in, but it is truly like becomes a melting pot industry and community, you know? For sure. 
I think for me, it always goes back to education. And I think that a lot of these spaces where we are, you know, I can definitely, I can't speak in depth about yoga, but yoga spaces and just spaces in general, where if you are teaching, you know, physical class or physical movement, you know, I think that a part of, if you're an instructor, I think that a part of your training or whoever is creating these training programs, like there needs to be more trauma based training that goes into what's happening. There needs to be more racial awareness training that's happening. You know what I mean? Because it's like, if you aren't aware of these things, you know, and you're in a room full of people and you're teaching and you're just like, all is well in the world, go yes. And be your badass self, you know? Yes. That is affirming. That's amazing. And in that high of a moment and in that space, it's incredible. But when I leave the space, I still have black skin, you know? And so while I, while I feel that affirmation and I love that affirmation, it almost is like it gets diminished because the minute I walk out the door, I remember that I'm black again, you know? And so I think that there just has to be more of an awareness of how teachers teach in the spaces that they teach. I also think that there needs to be more research that's, that's, that's done in these training programs to really get to the root of, you know, why are certain moves being done? You know what I mean? Is this an, is this an indigenous people's move? You know what I mean? Or is this, is this a African rooted base move, you know? And, and if these are those things, then celebrate that. And it's not that you can't do those things, but celebrate that, honor that, talk about what that story is. You know what I mean? Don't just throw it out of your body because you saw it and it looked cool. You know what I mean? Like, let's do this tribal movement. Let's do this. You know, it's like, we got to like, kind of like go back and like really think about what we're doing and how we profit off of BIPOC people, which is black indigenous and people of color. And so I think it's, you know, for me right now, it's just getting, getting to the root and, and giving the credit where credit is due. You know what I mean? Because What's really interesting to me and what's something I also just want to explore from my own knowledge and experience is that, you know, wellness, honestly, that's what we, I think, as a Western society call it. That's what's in popularity right now, wellness, you know, but wellness has been around since the beginning of time. Maybe it was more so called ritual, you know, and so that's the way humans, humans have had to, had to do ritual. It's naturally in their body. It's naturally in their hearts. And so going back and like really thinking about, you know, where, where we came from, you know, and what's interesting to me, I think in the wellness space, if we want to get really deep is, you know, how did indigenous people, how did black people, what were the rituals that they were doing when they were being ostracized in this country and going back and reflecting on that and honoring that and saying, wow, you know, through everything that these people went through, you know, this is what they, they, they were doing to heal, you know, instead of now, all of a sudden, you know, we live in this space and it's like, I'm this wellness guru. I know how to heal you. You know, it's like, we're going to do know, a moving me, meditation. Like, You're like, okay, but where did that come from? Right. You know, and it's like, okay, like how, how much more cool. And it's maybe it's just because I'm a a nerd. I was like trying to say nerd and geek at the same time, a nerd. The nerd in me is just like, 
how cool would it be, you know, if I was in this movement meditation class and the teacher was like, you know, this, we're going to, we're going to say this mantra it comes from this society. This was, they give you a little bit of background information and then you start to grow a connection to those people. And then you start to see those people and then you leave and you're like, I wonder who those people are. And I start to do my own type of thing, you know, but I think for me and my, my hope, at least now moving forward is, you know, I don't, I think we need to, this is just my opinion, but it's like, just like, I just think it needs to be death of a guru and the awakening of the collective. You know, I think that if we heal together, you know what I mean? Instead of it always being this one face and particularly whether it's a white man or a white woman that's like offering this healing. And it's like, it's starting to get really triggering, especially now because it's like the the people who are ostracized and everything that's happening, whether it's COVID or whether it's racial incidents, Asian hate crimes are happening. All these things are happening. And, and the person who wants to heal us, we're like, wait a minute. Like, you've got to feel what we're feeling. You got to see what's going on down here. You know what I mean? And we're trying to meet you in the middle, but it's always this push of like, we want to do this for you. And it's like, we want to meet in the middle. You know, I, 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 that's what I collectively feel, you know, because I'm like, if minorities wanted to uprise, I think that would have been happening. And that hasn't happened ever like now, you know what I mean? And it's still not happening. I, you know, it's just, let's, let's meet in the middle and, and, and see how we can actually integrate. It's so interesting to hear you say that because I, okay, so I'm, um, obviously I run a, a, a business in the health and wellness space and I'm part of the diversity and inclusion council for this company. And it's the council itself is so diverse. And I definitely like represent like the LGBT community in this, but it is, you know, there's a, a woman, a Muslim woman from Canada in this group. And, you know, we talk about like, how do we move, how do we push the envelope of diversity and inclusion forward? Like, you know, is it a training that everybody's required to do? Like whatever it is, whatever it looks like. And, you know, there's some voices. It shook me a little bit because I was like, oh yeah, I, I see how this person would feel this way. So a, a woman spoke up and, you know, she's like, I just don't know why we need to have separate trainings. I don't know why we need to have like a separate section. Like, why don't we all just be one? And it was a white woman that said this. And I was like, okay, as a white woman, I understand why you are saying that. And it comes from a place of love. It really does. Like it comes from a place of like, I don't want to see you different. Like I want you to be, and it's like, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And then, so this, this Muslim woman that's part of this council, she comes forward and she said, right. But have you ever had to ask your husband permission before starting a business? Because that's what I have to do. And if I don't have a training that is for me, that teaches me how to have a voice to have that conversation with my husband. And I was like, yeah. So it's, it's coming together as a collective and it's not a, but it's an, and understanding that there still needs to be a differentiate. Like we still need to differentiate because that's history. That's past. That's, that's reality, you know, depending on where you come from. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like it's for that woman, like you said, like bless her hard. Cause again, I know that she means well, you know, but it's like, if we want to even take it down to like layman's terms, it's like, well, how would you feel if there was just one color on the planet? Like what if everything was just red? Like what if everything was just red? 
No, you would say you, you like red here. You like blue there. You, you, you give the colors their, their label because you know, that, that is what they are. That's what makes them unique, you know? And I think it's, we have to, we have to step away from those statements because those become very dangerous blanket statements, you know? And it's just like everybody's experience here in America. And that's the whole, the whole premise of America is, you know, all men are created equal. This is, this is the land of the, the quote unquote free, you know what I mean? So that now that, that is, it's now our responsibility to really uphold what those mean, what those uh, words mean, investigate what those words mean and, 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 and be honest in the fact, you know, it's like woman to woman is different. Man to man is different. Non-binary to non-binary is different. LGBTQ person to uh, LGBTQ person is different. You know, it's so different, you know what I mean? But it's like incredible at the same time, you know, it's like, wow, like we've evolved this much, you know, but, we don't have a system I think that that like really creates a real safe like haven for us to all like kumbaya yet and I think that now we're in that age of like building Noah's Ark (laughs) yeah it's it's like in order to really be able to get to a space where we can collectively kumbaya it's going to take radical listening like radical listening And I think that there's a lot of people that are just still unwilling to radically listen. They think they're listening, but they're not. And I've been in that position, you know, where I, I've even been like, I'll call, I'll put myself on blast. Like I grew up in a very diverse community. I grew up a dancer in Los Angeles. Like I did hip hop growing up. Like I learned about the roots of hip hop. Like I celebrate the roots of hip hop. I celebrate the roots of, you know, dance in general, like all the time. And so there's a part of me that's like, why is this so hard for everyone? But I also then have to go, okay, but Danielle, you're part of the problem. Like you, cause you are like, you know, it's, it's all radical listening and it's been a really beautiful, I honestly think that out of 2020 will come some of the most beautiful transformations because I've learned in every area of my life, whether it be racial issues or like political or like, I mean, I've had some beautiful conversations over the last year with people that I may completely disagree with but the ability to radically listen it's a gift you know it's a it's a gift and i I think being able to do that is is what's gonna get us closer to that like collective kumbaya that i think we all most i mean most people really do want you know yeah they do and it's scary you know it's just it it requires us being vulnerable it requires us being transparent it requires us being honest you know and I just think that's what's really interesting like COVID has really kind of leveled out the playing field in that and seeing that it's like it doesn't matter what you look like doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter what color your skin is like COVID could take anybody any day at any time and then just even climately climately financially everything everyone is 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 getting a butt of, of some of it in some form, you know, and, and I can only pray that that is the thread that, that creates a stronger, you know, bond amongst us. I want to switch gears for a second, because right at the beginning of your interview, you said, I moved to LA and I had one goal and it was dance for Beyonce. And then a couple years later, you did that not once, but a few times. And so 
I need to ask, do you believe in manifestation? Or did you? Oh my God. 1000. I think, I think the second time more than the first time, because I think the first time was like young ego, like just like, I, of course I'm going to, I, I knew that when I was 16 and I've been training my whole life. I know this person and that person. And then it was just like, boom, like, and it, and it happened. It happened. So I, I just was completely thrown off about the first time when it happened. And I was just like, okay, yeah, of course it happened. But the second time for Beachella, I had to really work for that. Like that, I had to really work for that, you know, because I think what a lot of people, a lot of people ask me about Coachella and how incredible it was, but the, the two years up to Coachella were like some of the hardest years getting to that. Like that was truly like the Mount Everest, I feel like of, of my commercial dance career there because Beachella happened in 2018 and in 2016, like my ex-boyfriend had broken up with me and we had been together forever. And that was super difficult. My agent at the time in LA, they dropped me. They said I wasn't working enough and they just didn't feel like they could fulfill my dreams. I got cut. I was like uh, one day away from going into rehearsal for the Super Bowl when she did Super Bowl and got the call the night before that I wasn't needed. And I was devastated. And then a few weeks later after that, the formation tour audition happened and I was like in the last like 30 girls and she took 20 girls and I didn't get that. And I was just, and all of that happened in 2016. And so at that point, I was just like, I kind of started letting go of that dream of dancing with her, even though I had already danced with her prior to 2016. VMAs, um, right? Yeah, the VMAs. I just, I was just like, I don't know, maybe, 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 you know, I danced with her once and I should just settle for that. And I should start thinking bigger, I, I, not even bigger, but I should just start thinking that there's more for me because maybe that's also that I'm just so focused, you know, on that one thing. That you might be like missing what else is happening around you. Yes, for sure. You know, and the moment that that happened, you know, it was like a new window had basically opened and, you know, I had really become in my flow when I was at Soul Cycle and think campaigns happened and Lululemon happened and dancing with other artists, Grammys, Cardi B, Pink, Kelly Clarkson, NERD, you know what I mean? All these other things started to happen and it was just like, Oh my God. Like I was so focused on, you know, the queen, which she is the queen. Um, yeah, like but I, you know, but I didn't even know that like I could do all these other amazing things. I mean, I'm out here, so I might as well do it. And then same thing happened again when I went to the Coachella audition and I got cut. And I remember when I got the audition and I remember thinking it was like, everything was just kind of working in its favor. Cause I was like, thank you B for having the twins. That means like I have more time to prepare for the audition whenever you have one. Um, and then when that audition came, I was like, oh my God, I was like, this is this is the one. Like this, this is the moment. The audition didn't say that it was that, but I just, I knew it, you know, I put two and two together. 
And then I did the oh, audition. So the audition so you didn't know. You didn't know that it was for Coachella. Like you did because you figured it out. But they didn't say like, this is for Coachella. Yeah. No. And I was so stressed, you know, at the audition. And I never used to be stressed, you know, but I just felt I was like so much is on the line and whatnot. And then I went to that audition and I got cut. And then I remember going home that night and I was like, I know the team, you know, I, kn- I know how everything works. Honestly, I know how things work in the dance world. Things are changing all the time. And I was like, nothing is final about that performance until it airs online. Anything can literally anything can happen. They could somebody could call me the day before and just be like, run out there and do this. And so and I have this I have this posted till till this day. And that night I, I wrote book Beyonce Coachella. And I put it on my wall. I put it on, I think, the back of my bedroom door. And I just left it there. I didn't overthink it. I didn't think too much of it. I just said, if it's in the cards for me, God, I will be there. If not, totally okay. And I'll never forget. I was just, I think it was like top of February, just got out of the Soul Cycle class, got a phone call and was like, hey, can you come? Would you be available? you know, for the next three months. And I was like, sure, anything you want me to do, would you be available these two weekends? I was like, absolutely. I still didn't know what the project was, but, you know, given what the dates were, I was like, okay, yes, yes, yes. And then like within 24 hours, I I walked into my first rehearsal and, and I was just like, I literally can't believe what is happening right now. I remember watching that from like, as your friend, you know, and like you were a steel trap, first of all, like, I mean, obviously you had to sign NDAs like out your ass, you know, so like, so like you had to be a steel trap. But like, Tina, I think one of the things about you that is just always so striking, and I know anybody that knows you will agree with me, your humbleness in this life is unmatched. You are humble and you are grateful above everything else. And I just remember like, I would watch you like because we had crossovers and stuff at Seoul and like just friends in general. And like I would watch you and I knew what you were doing. Like I knew what you were rehearsing for. And you just you I like what was that process like for you? Like we talked a little bit after the fact and you were like you were like, listen, you don't show up to a Beyonce rehearsal unless you are full out, because let me tell you, if it is not B that is full out, it is blue that's full out. And she is there like you. Ha- we had this conversation and I like I just know that there is like people. I think that I think a lot of people, they want something so bad and they'll manifest it and they'll do all that they can. But you know, it's like, you got to be willing to put forth extraordinary effort and like unwavering faith towards the things that you want in this life. And that I feel like for you, like what, that's exactly what you did. Like you had unwavering faith in your ability to do that job in your talent to do that job. But I want you to talk about like the work ethic that goes in. I mean, I, I think a lot of people underestimate the dance industry and like how hard people work. So like talk a little bit about that, the work that went into that. Yeah. I mean, and then also just to piggyback on what you said, it's, it also takes courage to just even ask, to just even say universe, you know, this is what I want, you know? And I think that there has to be, you know, some humility. And when you ask for it and, and know there's that, you can ask for what you, what you're thinking that you want and it just may not show up how you think it's going to show up or when, when it's going to show up. 
but having that courage is like, and that's, that's, I think that's, what's cool to me about life. I think I'm always super intrigued by people who have courage on whatever level it is, you know, emotionally, physically and sports relationally with, with people and opening their hearts to their significant others, you know, because I'm just like, at sometimes I'm like, sometimes I feel like as a whole, you know, we forget that we're a part of this magical planet. Like we're literally on this planet that's just hanging in the sky, just doesn't fall or, you know, doesn't crash anywhere. There's thousands of stars. There's other planets we can see. There's literally magic happening all the time. So who are we to not ask to be a part of this, you know, magic, you know, and, and to serve in that way, you know, but as far as what you were saying, the, the work ethic that, you know, that went into, went into that, you know, I honestly think was my, my whole life's work, you know, my, my training, the, the discipline that I started with, you know, as, as a child, um, to be able to get through those days mentally and physically, you know, doing a production like that is not for the faint of heart. You know, it's at that point, it's interesting because that project to me became way more about my mental than it became about my physical. Like my, my body at that point was so equipped for that, but to have to be able to show up every day for hours, you know, eight hour days, um, to be kind of tucked away in this space, you know, I, I would really only see the sunlight when I was going to rehearsal. And by the time I was gone, you know, it was nightfall. So being able to have the patience and to be able to have the focus to, to stay in it every day and every day is so different. You know what I mean? When you're dealing with a production like that, you could be dancing the whole eight hours a day, or you could be sitting for six hours and only dance two. every day is so different, you know? So it became very much about the mental side of it. And, you know, what a lot of people don't know, which is so interesting. It's like, I look back on myself and I'm like, wow, Christina, you're always doing the most, but I love you. While I was doing that project in the midst of it, just for my peace of mind, because I didn't really have a life that became my life. And I still felt that I needed to prioritize something for me. Like I, there needed to be some outlet for me to feel my worth and my value um, in all of that. And I did a 40 day yoga challenge in the midst of that. And so because of the way my schedule was, I either had to go to yoga at 6am or 7am, or I had to go to yoga if we got out of rehearsal in time, sometimes I would make like an 830 yoga. And if we didn't get out of rehearsal till like nine or 930, I would have to go like corp. There was a core power in Hollywood and they had like a hot power fusion at 1030. And sometimes I would take that. And I'm just like, I don't even know how I had the energy to do it, but I knew that my mind needed that. And I also found like, kind of gratitude in that. I think that that was my way of thanking the universe every day for giving me this opportunity because I didn't, the last thing, the very last thing that I wanted was to be in a job and hating it just because of the, the ins and outs of every single day. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not magical every day. Like obviously when you get to the stage, it's magical. And there are moments that are like, oh my God, that blow you away. But then there is the monotony of every day, just doing the same thing and drilling it in every day. And so I 
wanted to remain very grateful because I just realized that this was such an extraordinary opportunity. Um, it was my life's opportunity and yeah, that's what just, that's what kept me sane. And that's also what kept my body. I think it kept my body healthy and aware because we were on that, also we're on that pyramid every single day, <laughs> you know, and dancing on that pyramid is not easy. You know what I mean? Like I'm used to day you like you, you, you train your whole life to dance big and beautiful. And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> you have 12 inches to dance and as big as queen bee. And you're like, okay, so this is a whole nother hurdle that I never thought of, you know? So yoga coming back to that, that center and that mat and that, and just like being present. That's, that's honestly really, I think what, what got me through that period of time, because it was demanding to say the least. And then on top of that, because again, like I said, I like to do the most, I cut my soul cycle schedule down significantly, but I was still teaching like three times, like three, I think like three or four times a week. And there were times where I was like cutting it so close, like I would teach my nine 30 and like literally be zooming down Hollywood Boulevard to get to rehearsal and like get through security and like rehearsal starts at 11. I'm literally there like 10 58. And I'm like, <gasps> you and you know, can't so. be late. Like you absolutely cannot be late for Beyonce. <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. Like, so and there were some times, let me tell you, I was like crawling in there, like, you don't see me. You don't see me. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. That. Yeah. I will never forget watching that performance. Like, obviously, like Breezy and I are such fangirls of you. Um, <laughs> like, and it's funny because it's like you also are one of my greatest friends at this point. And so it was so funny watching. We were, I will never forget, we were like contemplating going to Coachella just to see that performance and see you do that performance. Decided that watching it with all of the camera angles in our bed would also be a great idea. The best. The better idea. The better idea. You, We saw every angle. We saw every move. Like it, we didn't miss anything. I didn't have to worry about like some teenager on ecstasy, like rubbing up against me. Like it was. And that was so intentional. And like that is so intentional oh, because for sure. the queen does everything for the camera. And that would be so amazing. Like we would be in rehearsal and she's moving and she's like, where's camera seven? camera no no not camera seven now we need that she is orchestrated that whole thing so yes you you got to see her brilliant work in that I mean we have to see all of your brilliant work I mean I like I've always like looked at Beyonce's dancers at like some of the hardest working dancers in the industry for sure you know and obviously like I knew Ashley back in the day like through like from Chico like all the way back from Chico mm. and just like seeing her journey has been amazing. But like we were watching, I want to like paint this for everybody who's listening to this. Breezy and I are laying in bed and we're watching this performance, which like we had just watched Post Malone and like sweet Post Malone, bless his heart. Like, oh <laughs> man, maybe one of the worst live performances I've ever seen. And I was like, and to have that be what, you know, 
comes before Beyonce, like, ooh, okay. But we're sitting there like watching this. And then we're like, it starts. And I was like, oh yeah, Beyonce looks great. But we were like, where's Tina? Where's Tina? Is that Tina? Oh, I think that was Tina. Oh, I think that was Tina. And like, we kept having these moments of like, oh, I think I just saw Tina. And then the moment happened where you were like laying on her lap. And I was like, we were like, we, I mean, I wish I could scream as loud as I did in that moment, but I was like, holy shit. Like, that's Tina. Like we were, we were so like, I, I literally felt like the pride that like a mom would feel, you know, like it was just, like, and that was like, the mean, hardest. Was just, that was the hardest part of the whole performance to just like be there. Oh, yeah. be like, just like heart racing. And I'm like, yeah. they're like, like East after you had like literally just worked out like a lot and now you're like heart rate like having to hold still like and they were just like everyone be calm like this is such this is a face shot like you have to be like your eyes have to be closed have to be relaxed and you have to look beautiful like okay (laughs) trying not to hyperventilate (laughs) awesome got it oh my gosh yeah it was like it was such a cool it was such a cool thing so like what would be your advice because I mean you just said it like in your mind that was your life's Mount Everest and how old were you when you did that what Coachella mm-hmm. uh, let's see this is tw- 28 so you were 28 years old when you did your life's work in your opinion <laughs> so <laughs> now like now since then you obviously left soul cycle you like went back to the east coast you're now on the east coast you may stay there what is your this is my last question for you what is your five-year vision wow that's a tough question i think what's really important for me right now is to plant a new seed that anything is possible because I think that's that's where I started, you know, and then sometimes you just kind of can get or I've noticed sometimes I can just kind of get wrapped up in in the same story and trying to grow from this tree. And there's a part of me that's like, grow a new tree. You could totally grow a new tree. And so I think, you know, I want to take this time to I think really in the next five years, I want to, because I see myself in the wellness space is that I want to start exploring wellness from the root. Like where did yoga begin? Where did ritual begin? Um, And kind of start going more on a cultural adventure of, of how specifically how my ancestors um, healed and what, got them here. Um, I think it's going to be really important for me in the next five years to figure out where do I come from beyond here? Like where, where are the actual roots of, of my origin? That's going to be really, really um, important. And that's, I think also going to be a part of my life's work with helping specifically um, African-Americans get to that. I think that there is a lot of honor that comes with that, you know, and we need a compass, you know, to kind of get started on to why am I the way that I am, you know? So I think this year is like really radical. Like you were talking about radical listening. One of my mantras right now is that radical love uh, requires radical change. And so 
I'm creating radical change right now by just, you know, slowing down, being at home, addressing things with my parents that I didn't necessarily always have addressed, um, addressing, addressing issues that I've had with myself. So I think that, and that's going to take much longer, I think, than, than I anticipated and expected it to be. So I think in scope, I think the five years for me are really going to be about, you know, my healing and who, you know, from, from my traumas and from my wounds and from my disappointments and heartbreaks, you know, how can I then be of service to people who look like me? And also, again, just create these spaces of really multi-generational, integral, diverse people um, where we can have conversations and and heal together and heal responsibly. So I think that, and it's interesting because I also think that I had you ask, had you asked me this question last year in 2020, I probably would have been like, year one, this, year two, this, year three, this. And I think I'm trying to give myself some grace in the space of letting go of control because I do love to control the narrative a lot of times because that brings me, you know, safety and, and stability. But now that I'm crossing into this threshold of, you know, what is my like real purpose in life? Like that has to be revealed to me in a, in a way different capacity than me, you know, deciding what that is. And it's really scary, (laughs) but it's also really incredible. You know what I mean? Because I think I can look back in my twenties and look back in my time in, uh, in LA and just think like all the things that I really, really wanted to do as a child and as a teenager, I did, you know? So now, you know, I think it's really, really I really want to hold myself accountable to why am I actually here on the planet? And so that's kind of like my five-year plan now. That's really beautiful. I I was going to say that too. Like you, like Tina a year ago would have been like this, 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 and this, and it would have been so like laid out. So it's actually really beautiful to hear you say that like you're going to let purpose find you and let that grow organically and authentically, which is honestly what this whole podcast is about, is about like discovering the acoustic, authentic you. So thank you for sharing that with me. And it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's not, you know, I was even like, I was even nervous coming on the podcast because I'm like, I'm in between right now. Like, you know, like I don't belong to a brand right now. Like, what do I have to say, you know, right now? And it's like, girl, you have so much to say. Like you've been through so much. It's, it's, do you know how many people are in your position or have been in your position or will be in your position where you're kind of like in this liminal space? Like when you're, when you're leaving an old world and getting ready to enter into a new world, you know, like that is a part of the human life. And if I can speak to that, that's a part of this journey for me to actually speak to what I'm going through right now um, is really empowering. You know, my old, my old story would have been like, no, Tina does not have it together. Call me back when I'm here and here and here. But this is a part of the story, you know, and, and that. Yeah. And it's honestly the most, well, it's the most beautiful part of the story to it like, th- it's so, it's 
so easy to come on a podcast or like talk to people when like life is on the high and you're like rehearsing for Beyonce Coachella. Like it's really easy to be like, everything's great. Like I work hard. I play hard. Like that's really easy. But it's like to be able to sit with yourself in these in-between moments and be like, you know what? Like it is what it is. I am where I am. And it is exactly where I'm supposed to be because I'm really in a, a, a season of becoming like it's, I mean, it's, per, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And it's, you it's, know, it's amazing. It's, and I'm just super blessed, you know, so I thank you so and much. You're a Gemini. And yes, you're a Gemini. So like for you to be as a Gemini, okay. With like the limbo is big. <laughs> it's like huge. And it's like, leave it, leave it to Danielle to be like, Tina, what's going on? I'm like, you, you have always been that that person who's all like literally been in my corner affirming me rooting me on speaking up for me when I didn't necessarily feel comfortable speaking up for myself and so it's just it's always so great to know that I have you um and to be on this amazing platform that you're creating because like y'all if y'all do not know like this 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 woman like she has gone to bat for me more times than I could have ma- imagined and and I'm always so grateful for you and your presence that you continue continually even like beyond you know um us working at soul like wh- where we are right now and in, in life and you checking in and you just allowing me to speak freely about who I am so I just want to say I love you dearly well, I love you more than anything. And I absolutely reciprocate every single one of those things. So before I let you go, we play a game. This game is my favorite game. It's not always your favorite game, but it's my favorite game. Um, it is called Quick Fire Questions. Oh, God. Okay. No, you know, this is very difficult. This is very difficult for a Gemini, but I will do my best. Oh, I know. I know it's difficult for a Gemini. I also know it was difficult for, I interviewed Angela, Angela Manuel Davis for this and she was doing fine until I asked her what her favorite outfit was. And she said, denim, vintage, trench. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, you were doing so good. And then you stopped. (laughs) So... You're going to do a lot better. I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Okay. So it's one minute. You have to answer as quickly as possible. I'm going to like make up questions on the go. They are this or that. There's no time to it. Yeah. You can't explain. You can't like go into like why it's just yes or no or red or blue, like whatever. You just quick, quick fire. Okay. You ready? Ready. I know your Gemini heart is like crying right now. Breezy goes, this is horrible because Breezy's a Gemini. And she's like, I can't believe you're making people do this. I was like, well, that's because you're a Gemini. (laughs) You would feel that way. I'm like, you haven't even asked me a question. I'm already exhausted thinking about having to answer. Okay, here we go. Favorite food? Double stuff Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite color? Gold. Favorite vacation you've ever been on? Jamaica. Favorite beach you've ever been to? Maybe Oluwatu in Bali. Mm. You're going to a deserted island and you can take three things with you. What are they? Toothpaste, the miseducation of Lauren Hill album, uh, sports bra. <laughs> Practical. Okay, private jet or private yacht? 
private yacht. Best advice you've ever been given? It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be kind. You're going on a plane right now. Where are you going? Mozambique. Ah, that was the last question. And that was such a good answer. You had the most interesting <laughs> answers of anyone. The Lauren Hill album, like you don't have any way to play it, but like it's coming with you. <laughs> it's coming with me and somewhere, somehow somebody will play it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Before I let you go, first of all, um, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this with me. I adore you so much. I would love for you to just tell everyone where they can find you. If they want to connect with you, if maybe you tell them your Instagram, just how do people get a hold of Miss Tina J? Oh, yes. You can hit me on the gram at underscore Tina J underscore. Amazing. Well, my girl, I love you. I am thinking about you always. Same, sister. Same. We'll talk we need each other out of this. Yes, girl. Yes, world. we do. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Love you. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye. Uh, Tina Jackson just fills my heart with so much joy and so much love. I've known that girl literally for the last eight years. And every single time I talk to her, I feel like I learned something about myself. I learned something about the world. I also just like get re it's like it reaffirms that people are so good and she's just such a good human. She has a beautiful family. She has such genuine friendships with the people around her and she's really created quite the network of community around her. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did because Tina J, I adore you. I cannot thank you enough for sharing your heart so open and honestly and vulnerable with us because it, it really is important and it was beautiful. Okay. So a few weeks ago, I was asked to try Organifi, which is a superfood company. And I am always down to try things that are good for me. And I have been using their red drink and their gold drink. Their red drink is all of your essential reds. Your gold drink is all of your turmeric and things that help you kind of wind down at the end of the night. I've been using them for a couple of weeks now, and I've really noticed a difference. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables as it is, but having a dedicated red drink to make sure that I'm getting all of my beets and reds, raspberries, apples, all of my reds, fruits and veggies into my system very quickly. And then having a turmeric infused drink to have at night to calm me down and get my head away from any of the stress that's happening in my life. I'm obsessed with these products. I think you will be too. If you are interested in giving them a shot, head over to Organifi.com. Use my code on the daily for 20% off. And let me know what you think. I'm loving them. So give them a shot. See if you like them too. On The Daily Family, we have episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Every Tuesday, you're going to get an interview. Every Friday, you get a solo episode, Unplugged with D. That's me. As always, go and subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe to us. Make sure that you do that. Podcasting is such a crazy, crazy world because it is truly word of mouth. So the more you talk about us, the more people hear about us. And then the more we subscribe, the more we can do and the more people we can bring this podcast to, which is a huge goal of mine is to make this a global renowned podcast. So subscribe, 
Don't forget to rate us. We love a good five-star rating. Give us a review, write a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a review for us. We would love, love, love to hear what you think. And then as I said, you can always slide into the DMs at Danielle underscore on the daily on Instagram or at on the daily pod. Tell us, tell us everything. Tell us how's your days going. Tell me what you had for breakfast. I don't even care. Just talk to us. We love it. We love it. We love it. We will be back on Friday with a solo episode. And then of course, next Tuesday with another episode. Hope wherever you are, you are having the day that you need and have, have some water today. I don't know where that came from, but I just remembered that I need water. So go do it. See you next week. Love ya. Love ya.